Welcome to Fighting for the Underdog, the podcast that follows the tales of compassion and bravery of animal rights activists all over the world. As I interviewed these amazing people, I was truly inspired by the common theme of hope that they give to underdogs everywhere. They taught me that sometimes the greatest power an underdog possesses is never giving up hope. Hi, I'm Christina Berkson with the Animal Law Firm where we are fighting for the underdog. Today is part two of my three-part segment on emotional support animals and service animals. Uh, where we left off last time was how do I make my animal a service animal or emotional support animal. I, my last video talked about how those online registration websites are all scams and don't give your money to them because they give you an absolutely worthless piece of paper. What you do need is a letter from a doctor. So if you have a primary care physician or a mental health provider that you've been working with, with some time, uh, for some time and this person is aware of your mental health, your emotional issues or your disability, that is the person you need to talk to about getting a letter. So a doctor, whatever medical provider you see, can write you a letter saying that you need an emotional support animal or you need a service animal. Um, basically it's because, so like doctors are limited in what they can say because of HIPAA, which I mentioned in the last video is why registries don't exist. And like the idea that there is some registration somewhere, like some registry somewhere is a total lie because there isn't because of HIPAA, right? So like when your provider writes a letter for you, what the provider has to say is I, you know, like I am doctor. So it has to be on letterhead. I am doctor. So-and-so I have been treating let's just say Maggie, that's my dog. Well, that's a bad example. I don't want to use my dog, <laughs> but let's just say I've been treating Christina for um, 10 years now and I have diagnosed her with a disability that's on the DSM dash, I think it's three now. Um, and she needs an emotional support animal uh, or she needs a service animal to alleviate the symptoms of her disability. That's basically all the um, provider has to write and then they just sign it and date it. Um, there are some of those registry websites that say, oh, hey, like talk to a doctor over the phone and get um, your animal registered as an emotional support animal. That's fine, but a lot of landlords really, like they're, like a lot of landlords are like not accepting that. They can't, they can't not accept it. But like, let's, let's, let's be real because the emotional support animal thing got so out of control that um, there now, now when you fly, you can't take emotional support animals. It can only be service dogs. And then a lot of landlords are like fighting back on these letters from doctors who are out of state. So if you live in Colorado, let's say, and you got a letter from a doctor who's licensed in Florida, they're going to give you a much harder time than if you get a letter from a doctor who is licensed in Colorado. Now Colorado is a big state, right? So is Pennsylvania. And so like now Pennsylvania, New Jersey is an interesting case because you might live in Pennsylvania, but you might see your doctor in New Jersey or vice versa. Um, so that's a little bit different. I haven't come across that yet being a problem, but like try to, if you don't have a provider who you have a long-term relationship with, using those websites is going to be your only option but just be careful about how you do it and like make sure that you're being honest about what you're doing because all of the states that i work in have laws against 
that prohibit representing an animal as a service or an emotional support animal. So you gotta be careful of that because if somebody finds out it's fake, you could be charged with a crime. Um, so like if you have a legitimate need for emotional support animal or a service dog, then you need to find a provider, you need to build a relationship with that person, and then you need to have them write a letter. Now let's say that's not gonna be possible because of the time, and a lot of times most people's mental health issues go undiagnosed for a long time, but we know that like, oh hey, my dog makes me feel better. So I'd definitely be an emotional support animal, right? So if your only option is you're changing apartments, you need a letter because you found a place that you love and can afford, but it's no pets only, well then, yes, you can, use, you can use the website. When I was saying in my first video that it's a scam, there's nothing illegal about the website's existence and there's nothing illegal about you using it. What it comes down to is intention. So if you use one of these websites and you're just straight up lying to the doctor on the other side of the phone saying, oh yeah, I ha I'm depressed, I, I have suicidal ideation. Like if you're lying about that kind of stuff, first of all, shame on you, that's like not cool. And second of all, like that's what can get you in trouble. So just be honest, like if you have a need for an emotional support animal, like yes, of course, avail yourself of these resources, but don't just do it to get out of pet rent because it's causing a lot of problems for people who have a legitimate need and then they have to jump through all these hoops because there's people out there pretending they have a need and they don't. Um, but by and large, the only thing you need to have your dog be a service dog or an emotional support animal is a letter from a doctor. Now, if your disability is obvious, like, you know, you're in a wheelchair or you're um, uh, seeing impaired, um, those typically don't need a doctor's note because the ADA says that if the disability is visible, then they can't like ask any more questions. But if you have an invisible disability, which a lot of people do, like epilepsy, um, you know, uh, being deaf or hard of hearing, um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. I mean, diabetes isn't really a disability, but I mean, there's a lot of different disabilities that people can have, like cancer, um, multiple sclerosis is another one that I see. So, I mean, you can have a lot of different invisible disabilities that you need a service animal or an emotional support animal for, and all you need is a doctor's note, like I said. And what gets tricky about service animals is that they can be self-trained, right? And a lot of people wanna see like, you, your dog went to classes, your dog like passed a test, your dog, but like, and there are organizations that train service dogs, right? But usually it's like they train their service dogs that they bred and then they sell them or if they're a nonprofit, they um, raise money and people donate and then they give dogs away to people who need them. And so it can be like really hard and expensive if, if you can't get a free dog. Cause most of these dogs, like a service dog, depending on the needs and what they're trained for can cost anywhere from 25,000 to like 150, $200,000. Um, that's in another video that I did a few weeks ago. So without getting too much into the weeds of this, um, I mean, like I said, all you really need is a doctor's note and a legitimate disability, and then you have a service dog. And like I said, you can train your dog yourself, um, but the dog does have to be trained to perform work or tasks specific to a disability. So this is getting a little longer than I meant for it to hang in there. <laughs> so work is like if you have PTSD and your service dog is trained to alert you to an onset 
of um, symptomatic triggers, like a flashback or something like that. If your dog is trained, then your dog is working, right? Because your dog is constantly observing you, smelling you, interacting with you. Your dog is, is working, right, all day long. Whereas if you have like, let's say, or even an epilepsy dog, that dog is constantly working, monitoring you for symptoms and changes and signs and the change in your um, internal body chemistry that gives off a scent. That's work, right, okay? And then tasks are like a dog who's trained to remind you when to take your medicine. Like that's a very specific task. It's very time limited. It, the dog, some people will train their dog like, oh, three o'clock every day, I'm gonna give my dog a bone and then that will remind me, and then my dog will come every day, it's like Pavlov's bell, right? Like my, every, dog, every day at three o'clock, my dog is going to want a bone, so my dog is gonna come to me to get a bone, and then I'll give my dog a bone, and then I'll remember to take my medicine. Um, some dogs, some people will put the medicine on, in like a capsule on their dog's collar, um, so if they're out, then they have that ability to um, take their medicine while they're out but um so i mean so that's a task right the dog is trying to do something very specific very finite and and that's what the dog does so those are two different ways that a dog can be a service animal and be qualified to be a service animal so if you have any questions which i'm sure you do we have blogs on this topic we have other videos on this topic if you still have more questions feel free to give us a call we can do a consultation with you um, if you have an immediate need where you have a situation with a landlord or with a zoning um, area, then give us a call and we're happy to do a consultation as well, see if we can help you. But that's it for today. Stay tuned for um, segment or installment number three on the whole service dog emotional support animal registration because this is a really interesting topic, I think. Hopefully you do. <laughs> if you stayed in this long, you probably must think it's pretty interesting. Anyway, that's it for today, underdogs. Stay safe out there, and I look forward to seeing you next time. That was such an inspiring interview. I learned so much, and I hope you did too. If you were moved as much as I was and want to support this amazing organization, please visit my website at theanimallawfirm.com and check out our merch page or follow the links to donate to this organization directly. All profits from merchandise sold on my website go to support the guests on my show. If you want to support the podcast, please share us on social media and give us a five-star review. It really does help. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, my fellow underdogs.